Good morning, my friends online and here in person. I'm here to introduce our guest. We have a guest here to speak to us this morning to give us a sermon, a great message. His name is Joe Single. I want to tell you about Joe. One, Joe is a Jesus follower. Two, Joe is a husband. Three, Joe is a father. Four, Joe is not yet a father-in-law, and he said, thank God, when I asked him if he was one. Hallelujah. <laughs> but what you need to know is that Joe is also a, an ordained minister, and he has planted churches, led churches. He also owns the company that has been our partner in mission and ministry. Five, four years ago, we, we hired them to help consult us to do the campaign to build this thing. And he and his colleagues have been phenomenal team members. They are a part of our team. And he's a brother, and Joe has some exciting things. He and I have met for three hours to build this series, Trust, Trusted in the Past, Trusting Now, and Trust Will for Trust in the Future. So he and Kathy and I have met, and we, so he's a part of this. We built it together, and he's here today to help you learn all kinds of great things about how you can get closer to Jesus. Thank you, Joe, for being awesome. with us. Awesome. Fired up. Thank you so much. Who's fired up to be in church this morning? Yeah, I love it. I, I have to tell you, as I drove up the street today, uh, I saw something there that wasn't here when I was here last time. <laughs> you can't miss it. I actually pulled out my phone. I about wrecked. I wanted to video it as I drove in. And I actually walked in there, and it's just incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I have been a part of a rapidly growing church like you guys have. And I will tell you, there is great terror associated with it. There is. Uh, I've learned there's great terror in something that is shrinking and collapsing, and there's great terror in something that's growing. Uh, but I'd much rather have the terror related to the growth. How about you? And I've always said, you know, as you take these steps of faith, sometimes you ask yourself if you're crazy, and other times you ask yourself if you're having faith. Maybe it's crazy faith. But something I know is God honors movement. He honors movement. And today in this series that we're going through, uh, we're talking about trusted and trust and will trust. We're really talking about past, present, future. And every one of us here today, everybody watching online, you have a past, don't you? Some of us are proud of that past. There's other things we would rather no one ever know about in that past, right? But it's part of our past. It forms who we are presently. It informs us today. We're all present. And then, the Lord willing, we have a future in front of us. And the thing is, we can't go back and change the past Today, I'm going to talk about the present. We can make adjustments as the Lord leads today, and that can adjust what that future is. You know, we're operating from a verse found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8. Uh, you know, the old church joke, the dad joke, you know, it's obvious that God invented coffee because he brews. It's really awesome coffee. <laughs> Bad joke. They will get much worse. Jesus Christ. Is the same. Let's say it together. You all memorized it. We say the reference, then we say the verse, then we say the reference again. So let's say it. Maybe say it without looking at it if you memorize it. It's, say it. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. If that gets anchored in your soul, it, it'll change your perspective of everything you do. You know, a lot of stuff changes in the world. A lot of it. Uh, I mean, back in the day, uh, cash was king, right? You may remember every, we carried a lot of cash. And a $100 bill, I purposely didn't bring a $100 bill today because pastor might ask for it again like last week. Uh, but I will just tell you this, cash has become more scarce and it's digital. And then it moved to Venmo and Cash App and 
all these different, and now there's Bitcoin and all this stuff. That all stuff has changed, right? But one thing has not changed, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we're walking through this series called Trust, and it's, it's a financial series, make no mistake about it. But it is also really a series of how we choose to live our life. Because if you think about money, it has a direct effect or an indirect effect on, our, on every other area of our life. True or false? Think about it. If you're making a decision, there's a financial component to that decision. You want to be a stay-at-home parent? That's a money decision. Right? You want to buy a house? Well, we know that's a money decision. Right? You want to start a business? Anybody here started a business or bought a business? That's a money decision with zeros behind it. Right? You want to have children? Oh, that's a big-time money decision. Average cost to get a child to age 18, not including college, about $275,000. Get fired up. <laughs> when you pick up your children from the children's area, you just look at them and say, you're expensive. Right? <laughs> the average cost of a wedding. Any, anybody have daughters, young daughters? Anybody have young daughters? All right, let's pray. Jesus, you see these hands. Heal them, Lord. Remind your prince of peace, not of fear when I share this number. The average wedding, $35,000. That's the average. Isn't that incredible? Everything in life, directly or indirectly, is a money decision. You want to take a vacation, money decision. You want to change careers, it's a money decision. You drove to church today, that's a money decision. One of you biked here, that's an even better one. It's much, much less costly and you get a, a benefit exercise-wise. That's awesome. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. So I want to ask this question. What are you trusting God to provide today, presently? What are you trusting him to provide? Where do you need the Lord to move in a way that only he can? Maybe you've actually uttered the literal sentence, this will take a miracle from God himself. You ever said that before? See, it's an important question to ask because since we are focused on finances in this series, we can take one step further with this question and say, what are you trusting God for financially right now? And I want you to kind of think about it. What is it? Maybe you, maybe you have a senior in high school and you're making college decisions. I've been there. Woo! And I had a college athlete. And I had to deal with 119 coaches that reached out to her. And it was not easy. It was a financial component. Right? Maybe it's a decision that should we retire? It's a financial decision. Maybe it's a decision of trusting the Lord to change careers and it requires a tremendous pay cut. And, and many times you can think, well, that can't be of God. A pay cut? But I remember leaving my job from corporate America as an engineer and negotiating myself a 50% pay cut to go on staff at the church we helped start. And I'm still smiling. Get fired up. <laughs> I can't say I was always smiling in the moment. But here's what I know. Throughout life, we have to trust the Lord in that present moment. We cannot predict the future. Sometimes we think we'd like to know the future. And we can't change the past, but in this moment, we have a choice to make, and that is, will we trust God? And, and it's informed by the fact of whether or not we have trusted God in the past, and what has he done when we placed our trust in him. And I will tell you what I'm trusting the Lord for right now. One of the biggest decisions we've made 
is we have a group study that is a financial group study. If you're familiar with Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, we have one called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And in February, we reshot that study in New Jersey, and we have literally spent nearly $100,000 producing that new study. And I'm trusting God that, like, somebody will buy it and that it will benefit people. My team is, too. Our team of 26 people really hope that some of it sells, right? And I'm trusting God. We've, we've sought God's leadership in our life. We prayed fervently. And in the present moment, we're taking steps of trust. And so today, I'm going to ask simple, it's a simple message. I'm going I'm to ask two questions, and then we'll issue a challenge. And uh, it's going to be fun. If you're ready, say ready. ready. That's awesome. The first question is this, can I trust God? Can I trust God? I, I got some money with me, just not a hundred, not a C note. I've got a, I've got a 10 here, and it says right here at the top, in God we trust. Okay? It's not in God I trusted, not in God I will trust. It says in God I trust. I see it on my ones here, right here on the back. Do you see it? It's amazing, isn't it? And then uh, here's some 20s, and it says in God we, what's the word? Trust. Trust is the word. In the present moment, we trust. And the question is, can I trust God? So since we're collectively gathered as his people, let's, let's ask the question this way. Can we trust God? Can we? There's a story that goes this way. It's a, ma a man was walking. He's walking next to a cliff, and suddenly the earthquake gave away, and he fell over the edge. And this cliff was several hundred feet high, but he managed to grab hold of a tree. And it was growing out of the side of this cliff and hanging hundreds of feet off the ground, Right, he's just terrified. His life hangs in the balance. He yells, God, please help me. You can imagine you would probably yell that, maybe some other things. Many times he said this until he heard a thunderous voice overhead that said, do you believe in me? Yes, yes, said the man. He says, do you trust me, the voice asked. Absolutely, just please help. I can't hang here much longer. Then let go, the voice commanded. The man looked up and said, is there anyone else up there that I can talk to? <laughs> do you see, do you see that what the, the principle in the story is? That it's easy to say out loud, I trust. But when actions have to line up with it, oh, that's what we call faith. And that's when you have mature faith. That when you trust the Lord and you move forward knowing he's leading. And you have the peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain it. Doesn't mean there's terror associated with it. But you will take the faltering steps forward saying, I trust you. Can I trust God? Can we trust him? In Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 12, it says, Jesus' word says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. In this verse, Jesus is reminding us that of our heavenly father, that he's trustworthy and that he gives good gifts to his children. It's a great reminder that we can trust him. 
in Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to use. Who would like to receive a large measure? A large measure financially. Anybody, anybody praying for a small measure? Anybody? Right? Here's what I know. Everybody knows that money will not buy happiness. It will not bring happiness, right? I've heard it said, we all know that money won't give us happiness, but we all want to give it a shot. Isn't that true? Because no one bought a lottery ticket for the one and a half billion dollar ticket. And somebody in Florida won it, apparently. But here's what I know. That Jesus is saying, whatever you measure with of love, that's what you'll receive back. Of, of kindness, that's what you'll receive back. These fruits of the Spirit, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And, and whatever measure you use, it'll be given back to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we see in uh, verses 8 through 11, a promise from the Lord. And it's amazing. It says, and God is able. Will you all say those four words with me? And God is He's able. Hey, some of you came today with some major issues that are in your life, and you needed to hear that promise today that God is able, that he's indeed able. Maybe it's a health concern. Maybe it's a torn-up relationship. Maybe it is financial. And I want you to know that God is able to do what? To bless you abundantly so that, look at how many times it says the word all, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be, say the word, generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Can you trust God? Throughout his word, you will see that God is trustworthy. And as you take faltering steps in life, many of you have this as your past. You have trusted God. You found him faithful. Others, that's never been a thing in your life. And I can tell you that as you take steps today to say, I, will, I trust today, well, over time, that will become a pattern of having trusted and you will find that God honors such movement. We can trust God. The second question it leads us to is, can God trust me? Can I trust God? And then can God trust me? Ooh, that's a tough question, isn't it? That's an uh-oh. Or it was from the Scooby-Doo cartoon I grew up with, ruh row raggy right? Because <laughs> am I a trustworthy manager of the resources God has given me? That's a good question. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. I love this, this scripture because it's saying godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, I, I'm trained as an engineer. I love formulas. I love that God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. Is anybody happy that gravity works all the time? Right, there's acceleration of gravity at 9.816 meters per second squared. If you like English units, 32.2 feet per second squared. Are you excited about that? Very excited about that. I'm, like, like I flew in a plane yesterday. I like that there's rules of gravity. Um, I like the fact that the earth rotates on its axis once every 24 hours. Isn't that amazing? 
Every now and a little extra because we have to add that extra day every four years. It's a little more than 24 hours. And, and then I, I like the fact that there's seasons. That it also wobbles. The earth wobbles. A complete wobble in 365 days. Isn't that weird? It's spinning and it's wobbling. I love it. And then I love the fact that water boils at sea level at 212 degrees Fahrenheit, 100 degrees C. I, lo I love that. I love, I love a God of order. And he's saying very clearly that godliness with contentment is great gain. And we all want great gain. But here's what is also a fact. The inverse of this is not true. Great gain is not always godly, nor does it always bring contentment. And that'll preach. See, we've, we've, had, we've seen people get great gain, but it wasn't godly. And nor did it bring them contentment. But, but godliness added to contentment, that is always great gain. And I found that it helps us become more trustworthy. There's another story of a flood that came down a street after a hurricane and a man escaped to his roof. And soon, he, even though he's on the roof, the water came up to his knees and he prayed to God to save him. And minutes later, a boat with two people came by. They said, hop in. But he said God would save him. The water then was up to his waist and a boat came by with one person in it. And he said there was room, but the man said that God would save him. Then the water was up to his neck and a boat came by with no people and he thought that God would save him. He died an hour later and went up to heaven and he asked God, why didn't you save me? And God answered, what are you talking about? I sent you three boats. You see, many times God provides us guidance for our lives in his word, through prayer, through godly counsel. But we all struggle sometimes to see it, don't we? It's amazing. And so I want to talk about this thing of becoming a trustworthy manager of what God has placed in our hands, of, of our resources. We call this, as Pastor shared last week, a steward. A steward. Everybody say steward. You know, you know, we, where else do you hear that word? Word. Like an environmental steward, have you heard that before? Or environmental stewardship, what does that mean? Caring for the land. I, I own three farms and I love them. And there's no greater day than when my schedule says go to the farm. And I get to wander around in the woods and the creek. And it, it, it's just great. And I, I, I acquired one of these farms about two years ago. It's uh, 238 acres and I'm walking this land and it's so great and and then I happened in this one area of the woods, grown trees, mature trees, I found a 1948 Chevy. It's a 48 or a 49. My dad said to dig out the taillights and he'll be able to tell me. He knows them to that detail. And it's just sitting there. I mean, it looks like a mobster's car. And it might have been because both doors are open, the rear's got gunshots in it. <laughs> and, and here's what I know. When I saw that, I immediately said, hey, that's a cool car. Number two, it tells me somebody has been on this property before me. And it reminded me that I'm just a steward for a period of time. I'm just a manager. And the fact is that we are managers of all that God entrusts to us. And a godly, trustworthy person will do the following. I, I sat and I thought about this. I scribbled some thoughts. So I want you to kind of marinate on these. Think about this. A godly, trustworthy person will... View God as the owner and themselves as a manager or a steward. 
So when you look at the stuff that God's placed in your hands, do you view it as yours? Or do you view it as you're managing it for the Lord? Okay? A, a godly, trustworthy person will view giving as an opportunity instead of an obligation. You know there's a total different approach, right? Obligation is, uh, opportunity is, tell me about it. Make sense? I, I remember a time in our church that it was growing and me and my bride, uh, we, we had helped start this church. It, was, it exploded in growth and we had built a new facility and quickly outgrew it again and it's like oh my goodness we're going to have a capital campaign named forever we build and and uh, the day came where we we're going to build a new children's facility and it was going to have it's going to house infant brand new baby all the way to middle school is what it's going to hold it, it it was it's about this size of facility and uh the time came where we were going to give to it but let me tell you in this moment let me tell you where we were at joe and jen sangle had ha had uh, some serious health challenges in their life. See, when my wife was a junior in high school, she was diagnosed with ovarian tumors, really large ones. So we didn't know if we could ever have children. And so you can imagine how excited we were a couple years in our marriage when our daughter showed up. And we named her Malia. And she is fired up from the moment she was born. Malia is Hawaiian for calm wave, but it's a totally wrong name for her. <laughs> She's a tsunami. I need that word. She's 23, pray for me, y'all. But a couple years after she was born, my wife had a recurrence of these tumors. And, and it maxed out our deductible. And it was try, while we were trying to honor the Lord with giving and putting the Lord first in our finances. How many of you know that if you choose to put God first in your life, you're going to have challenges? Because that faith is going to be tested. It, but the good news is when you pass a test, you get a testimony. Get fired up. And how do you overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Get fired up. Somebody's been reading in Revelation. Anyhow, my wife had to go through these surgeries and it maxed out our insurance deductible. And it, it was one of these like, it's not the laparoscopic, the laparotomy. Six months to recover. Ten months later, they recurred. Had to go through it again. And of course, even though it's ten months later, is a new insurance deductible year. Get fired up. And so God healed my wife, but for 10 years we prayed for another child, and, and we, we had had no more children. And so our daughter is nine years old, and we're taking the step of faith to build a new facility for our children and, and youth. And we're like, well, okay, our daughter will use a little bit of this, but, you know, we don't really have any more babies. So it could have been easy for us to say, I'm going to let somebody else sacrifice for that. But somebody had sacrificed for my daughter to go through the initial stuff. So I, we prayed, and God asked us to move, and we put God first, and we, we sacrificed like the largest gift I had ever even dreamed of in my life. Terrifying. But God had told us to do it. We had no idea that we would be stepping out of faith in 2009. Anybody remember 2009, the economy? Anybody remember that? When your 401K had turned into a 201K? And then into a box of special K. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Yet we committed. We had no idea that in June 1st, 2009, we would say, you know, we're going to cancel our maternity insurance. Because back then you could do that with insurance to save money. 
And 16 days later, we found out we were expecting. And as those buildings went up, I got to drop off my baby boy at door number one at three weeks old. And he's went through every one of them. He's 13 now. And, and, and I had no idea that three years later, God would send an overflow blessing at the age of 40. We named her Megan. And she's nine. And she's went through every door in there hearing the stories of Jesus. And has faith like no one else. You know, the faith of a child. Listen, if I had viewed it as an obligation, I would have missed out. But instead, I look at it as an opportunity. And I know kids break stuff. And my son, he's just destructo boy. He's broke stuff from the moment he was born. He's swallowed coins. He's broke my flat panel TV with a toy fire truck he threw through it. He spray painted the front of my car with copper tone spray paint. I can list a lot more things that he's broken. But instead of getting mad, I just view it as an opportunity. But I do have to remind myself. But listen, a godly, trustworthy person will view this giving as an opportunity, not as an obligation. You'll view it as an investment instead of an expense. And you will pray, a godly, wise steward will pray and seek wise counsel before making any major financial decision. Because it isn't yours, it is the Lord's. And a godly, wise steward, yeah, they'll be known as a giver in their community instead of a taker. See, in God we trusted, and we want to be able to say, God, we trust. So today, let's ask the question again. Are you a trustworthy manager of what he's placed it in your hands? Will you continue to manage it in a way that honors him? You see, should tomorrow come, today will become part of our past, won't it? It'll quickly fade away to be a part of our past. And the way to be able to say, in God we trusted, is to be trustworthy today. Amen? Okay? And a string of days put together where we trust God allows us to look back with confidence and share stories that say, in God we trusted. And then we get to exclaim and just look at what he did. You know, many times, I don't know if you've seen this in your life, you never see how God's sovereign hand is on your life till you look back. And you can see this thread of how God has just woven it together so that this moment right here, God has prepared you for. You know, I know that that doesn't happen without a whole bunch of people saying, we're going to trust you. And a few years ago, you said, God, we trust. And now you get to look as that building is built, knowing that the building does not change people. It's what's going to, that's going to enable you to do. That will allow, and you'll get, you get to say, in God, I trust it. And as you continue to trust him in the present day, you will be shaping your future and saying, in God, we will trust. You know, I, I'm going to issue a challenge here in about one minute, but I just want to share a little bit of my testimony. You know, when I started out life, I was the youngest of six boys. My dad said he was going to contribute as much to my college as he did to the older five. That is zero dollars. And so I went to Purdue University, and I studied mechanical engineering, and I financed it all with my best friend, Sally May. Anybody else done something like that? And then I, I got out of there in four years, hallelujah. 
I was not a stellar student. I got a 2.64 GPA. Get fired up. <laughs> I wasn't a very good engineer. But I graduated. And then I went to Clemson University, got an MBA. But here's what I know. I had spent all my money. I quickly bought a truck, 100% financing. I bought a car. I even financed a sales tax on that, 105% financing for a new car. I had Sally May student loan debt. I owed my parents. I, I, had, I had money on two credit cards that were maxed out. And when I was 28 years old, a moment came, just like today for many of you is going to happen, where I was challenged by a minister of the gospel saying, are you trustworthy? And I despised my response. And I said, I'm going to start making decisions today so that very soon I'll be able to have some past that says I trusted. And me and my wife did something incredible. We put together a budget. Get fired up. Now, I didn't want a budget. My bride came in with one, handwritten, but she was cute, so I decided to look at it. And then I realized as an engineer it could be an Excel spreadsheet. Yes! And I went in and got on my Gateway 2000 computer. <laughs> and we put together a budget. And for the first time in our life, we put God first with the full tithe. The first 10%. And we put in saving second, investing third, and everything else was subordinate to that. Why? Because we have plans, hopes, and dreams. So do you. And we wanted to be trustworthy. And all I can say is, God did a miracle. That was December of 2002. Over 20 years ago. In 14 months, we became debt-free except for our house. Just three and a half years later, I was able to take that 50% pay cut and go do what I was called to do. And then God started pouring out the blessings. I scribbled down some words on a blog. Remember blogs back then? And I, and I felt compelled that it should be a book. And so I, I wrote it as a book. And I asked all these publishers if they would publish it. They universally agreed, no, we will not publish it. And I, and I went and met with Dave Ramsey, and he said, you should self-publish it. I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but I, you know how you become an expert now. You Google it or YouTube it. And so I YouTubed how to, how to start a publishing company, and I started it, and we printed it in January of 2008. And all God did was put his hand on it and blew it up and took it around the world. Today, we, say, we get to say we own nine companies. We own real estate all over the eastern United States. I can't believe what God has done in my life. But one thing that I can say, if there's a third-party audit of Joe and Jen Sengel's finances, you're going to find us faithful to the Lord. And you know what? If God requires it all today, he can have it. Why? Because he's the owner. I got to test it during COVID, get fired up. Most of my, many of my businesses went to sleep in a long coma. But I'll wrap it up with a challenge. The SEC statement says this. You ever hear this commercial? It says all these great things, and it says past performance and not indicative future performance may lose money. Have you ever said that? Well, I'll tell you this. God's past performance is his best indicator of future performance, and you, my friends, can take that to the bank. And so I want to issue a challenge. You have a card that looks like this in front of you. It's called the 90-Day Challenge. And I want to explain it. And... Uh, here, it, we're gonna I want to challenge you to give for the next 90 days to the Lord's work through First Press Tampa. Now listen, I get nothing out of this other than I'm getting to know what God's going to do in your life. And here's the deal. If you're already giving, that is awesome. You can check that box. 
Um, and what we want to do is send you some devotionals over every Monday for the next 13 weeks or so where we're going to look at scriptures about God's promises in his word. It's about four to six minutes where we read the scripture, we reflect on a key principle and a next step. I'd love to send those to you. I've recorded those. But there's a promise in Malachi 3.10. It says, bring the whole tithe. Now stop. Um, some people have heard of tithing, tithing. And I had a buddy who was confused. He's like, what is that tithe thing? you're talking about like he thought it's something for your tithe but tithing literally looked up in the dictionary Webster's dictionary means one-tenth of a whole part the first part and so it's 10 percent of what God blesses you with that there may be food in my house and the Lord says these four words say them with me test me in this three people said it let's all say it this time test me in this through what through putting God first says the Lord Almighty See what, here's the promise. And see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vine in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And so as you fill this card out, um, and you can turn these in in the baskets as you leave, this is something between you and the Lord, but it's something that, you can say, I'm going to choose to be trustworthy, that I'm going to put him first. And I know that many of you have had challenges with doing that. Hey, look, I've been there. But 21 years ago, I get to say I trusted. And I get to say the Lord has brought me a mighty long ways, and it has become the greatest area of Jen and Joe's life. In fact, we have a line item in our budget called giving to God's work through the local church, through our local church. But we have a second line item called intentionally bless others. And we put money in that every month, and that has grown through the years, and it's cash. And we carry it with us everywhere we go. And it turns out that if you put a line item in your budget called intentionally bless others, God will give you opportunities to intentionally bless others. And we've invited our kids into it, and we literally have dozens and dozens and dozens of stories of how we've been able to give. That's only between us and God. It's incredible. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, this is my scripture, Paul writes to Timothy, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, amen, but to put their hope in God. Why? Because you can trust him. He richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, Watch this. They will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. And so that they may take hold, I love this, of the life that is truly life. We trusted. We trust. We will trust. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much for the great people, the faith family known as First Press Tampa. Lord, what you're doing here is nothing short of amazing. And God, I know this thing called money can get such a grip in our life that greed can invade us, Lord. No matter how intentional we are, Lord, help us to hold everything you've given us with open hands. Help us to fund your work. We thank you that you use us, fallible, sinful people redeemed by your blood, to be able to help bring transformation, hope, and Lord, to break bonds that are tying people down. 
Lord, as I drove up today and I saw this facility, God, it just broke me. I'm so grateful. Lord, I pray abundant blessings on those who've invested to help glorify your name. Jesus, help us to trust today, knowing that you will be faithful. And Lord, as we take this challenge together, for those of us who've made giving part of our life long ago, and those who've made the decision today, Lord, I pray that you would be with us every step of the way, and that we could be just one of the millions of witnesses testifying to the grace that you have poured out upon us. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. Get fired up, right? Here we go. God bless you. I'm gonna see you.